Hi, I'm Derek Sivers, and this is Sammy Khan said thank you. In 1990, at the age of 20, I moved to New York City and got a job as the tape room guy for Warner Chapel Music Publishing. It was a small office, about 12 people, but the door to one room was always closed. I assumed it was unused. But one day, after a few months of working there, I heard an old man yelling, "God damn it! What's wrong with this typewriter? Can't someone make a simple goddamn typewriter work? What the hell?" He was in the previously closed room, door open, fighting with the typewriter. I went in to help, and as I was fixing it, I noticed some press clippings on the wall about Sammy Khan. And then I looked at the man and realized, "This is Sammy Khan." Legendary songwriter Sammy Kahn, who wrote most of those Frank Sinatra hits, you know, like "Love and Marriage," "Love and Marriage," and "Let It Snow," "Let It Snow," "Let It Snow,"、um, "High Hopes," all the way, "Call Me Irresponsible," and many more. He lived in Los Angeles, but they kept a New York office for him, which is where he'd visit every few months. So I fixed his typewriter, then said, "Hey, Sammy, my name's Derek. If you ever need anything," Just buzz number twelve on your phone, and I'll be glad to help. He kind of scowled at me, then waved me out of his room. But from then on, every time he'd come into town, I'd be the first one to know because his voice would bark over the intercom. Beep, Derek! God damn it! Get in here! Everyone else at the office avoided him. One day, he had me go to the Time Warner cafeteria to get him his favorite bowl of soup. When I gave it to him, he yelled at me for not filling the cup all the way to the top. One day, he had me get some Ben Gay from the drugstore. When I gave it to him, he asked me to rub it into his neck, which I did. But I guess I used too much, and he yelled at me for making his neck all goopy. But I liked him. His cranky personality was like a running joke. It didn't bother me a bit. He was still writing songs every day. Usually, custom lyrics for existing songs, like tailored for friends' birthdays or special events, but he was still writing new songs too. I spent hours with him, helping him autograph his songbooks. He patiently answered all my eager questions about songwriting. One of his favorite things he'll say is,、uh, "As soon as I hear the melody, I can tell you what that song will be called." The piece of paper goes into the typewriter. I start typing, and when it comes out, it's done. No edits. I'd find an excuse to be in the room when he was writing new songs with composers like Walter Afanasieff. I played him some of my songs, and he gave me some advice. I was thrilled. I was twenty years old, living in New York City, and working with Sammy Kahn. One day, as I was doing something in the kitchen, he was yelling at the coffee machine. What's wrong with the goddamn coffee? Can't I get a simple goddamn cup of coffee anymore? What are all these buttons? I just laughed and said, "Sammy, you know what? I like you." He looked at me, and his usually scowling face went blank, like the mask he always wears had dropped, like he hadn't heard "I like you" in a long, long time. He paused for a while, then said in an unusually nice voice, "Thank you. You're a very nice man." Then he went back to yelling at the coffee machine. So a few months later. In November 1992, I quit my job to be a full-time musician, and I went out to an isolated part of the Oregon coast to record. There was no TV, no newspaper, no internet, no radio. It was just me, all alone, 
just recording. Warner Chapel music was long behind me, and I didn't keep in touch with anyone. Every morning I'd wake up with no alarm clock, and I'd remember all of my dreams. I started writing them down. The more I wrote, the more I remembered. Sometimes it would take like 45 minutes just to write down all the vivid details. And one Friday in January, I had this vivid dream that I was outside a big military building in the 1950s. There was one of those ones with a big, you know, uh, mounted Air Force jet outside. General MacArthur was at the door. We talked for a minute and he let me in. And I walked down a long, empty hallway. Then I took a right turn and walked down another long, empty hallway. And at the end of the hallway was a younger Sammy Khan in the 1950s, with a full head of brown hair, waving his arms, yelling at someone, God damn it, what the hell were you thinking? As I got closer, he stopped, turned to me, and said, Who the hell are you? And I said, Sammy, you don't know me, but I came back from 40 years in the future to tell you that in 40 years you're still going to be alive and well and writing songs every day. And just like that day in the kitchen, his face went blank. His mask dropped. He said in that rare, nice voice, Thank you. I really appreciate it. And then I woke up. And I wrote it all down. The next day, a friend of mine called me at the beach and said, Well, I guess you heard the news. I said, No, I don't get any news out here. What's up? He said, Your friend Sammy Khan died last night. The same night I had the dream. Whoa. I didn't believe in any of that stuff before, but I couldn't help but wonder about that life-after-death stuff you hear about, or maybe ESP or something. Who knows if I had the dream right before he died or right after, but I still think he came by to say thank you. Go to sivers.org slash S-A-M-M-Y dash C-A-H-N.